Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. OMG, am I excited today. I'm speaking to a New York City drag queen, writer, foodie, comedian, and podcast host. They're also an activist for queer and women's rights, and they describe themselves as a woman's lifestyle brand. They appeared in a show you may know called RuPaul's Drag Race, and they were on season 10 of the US show and finished top three in season five of All Stars. They are appearing in Who's Holiday This Christmas in Manchester and London, and they are here to chat with me today. We have so, so much to talk about. Please welcome to the podcast, the incredible one and only Ms. Cracker. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So, Miss Cracker, thank you so, so much for being on Queer I Am, the podcast, season two. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm actually home with family. I'm taking some time away from the city to work on my script for Who's Christmas, Who's Holiday. Amazing. Um, because uh, it's coming up soon and it's time to buckle down. Yeah, you need to crack on and uh, get ready. So where mm-hmm. is where is home and where is your family right now? Uh, my family is just outside of Seattle in Washington State in the USA. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And where do you call home these days? Uh, home for me is New York City. Amazing. Oh, I love New York so much. I've not been for a few years and I'm desperate to go back. How long have you lived there? <laughs> I've lived there for 16 years. Wow. You can imagine that since I, if I'm doing the math right, I came in 2006. So amazing. It really is, it really is my home. And they're going to have to drag me out of their feet first if they want me to leave <laughs> because I love it so much. I was going to say, is it like a dream location for you? Is it like 
a real sense of like you just feel very at home there and it's a real kind of vibe that you love or it's like uh not a dream location because okay. a dream would imply that it's sort of like a uh mildly abusive relationship like <laughs> <laughs> that i have with new york where i'm like oh you should see how we are when we're alone together because every time <laughs> anybody uh comes and visits they're like how can you be here it's so dirty i'm like no no you it's it treats me well when you're not here it's just uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? but i think that's city life isn't it because you know london's very much the same you know i i years ago when i was like in my early 20s i used to think oh, i'd love to live in london and now i couldn't think of anything worse but i think if i'd lived there and i'd have made that move i probably wouldn't know any different so i think it is what you know isn't it and it's what you become accustomed to and i live in right. brighton which is kind of like london by the sea so we're about an hour mm -hmm. from london have you been to brighton before Yes, several oh, times. Yeah, I love amazing. Brighton. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It was actually, um, I went with my sister. Uh, she came on tour with me one time and she went, we went to Brighton as one of the stops. It was one of her favorite places. We went oh, to incredible. the palace and everything, had a wonderful time. Amazing. Well, um, the um, pavilion or the palace, uh, as you referred to, yeah. um, it now has a massive ice skating rink outside for Christmas. Um, oh, my it God. It's beautiful. It's all like, um, lit up purple lights and it's stunning yeah. absolutely stunning so when you're here if you get some time off and you want to come down it's honestly it is so so lovely it's just beautiful to sit there even if you don't ice skate and you just have like a glass of wine and just look out it just could be anywhere yeah. it's just stunning yeah absolutely stunning so um glass yeah, of no, wine don't mention yeah. that it's only nine here you're gonna start <laughs> me early <laughs> oh yeah no it's uh it, it was it, we are very lucky i mean so yeah i mean city life here is i'm i'm from quite a rural town originally and i moved here last year with my husband so it's very kind of different for us but it's amazing like love the city vibe and obviously it's very different to new york and it's very very small compared to that but it i think you know you you pick a location you fall in love with it and that becomes home doesn't it it just becomes like a normal a normal thing for you really um yeah absolutely so no that's incredible so where did you grow up originally was it in seattle yes I grew right. up in Seattle, just outside of Seattle is where I spent my teen years. I grew up in Seattle proper um, when I was a kid, and then we moved out to the suburbs. Amazing. And and what was that like growing up as, as a queer kid? I mean, was it kind of a, could you be openly yourself and was it quite accepting or was it a situation where I didn't you really had feel to leave? queer. Yeah, okay. I didn't really feel queer when I was a kid. Okay. Um, it wasn't until I was... Um, 18 or so that i began to realize that i probably was mm -hmm. queer mm -hmm. um yeah so I, I led a pretty i don't know unremarkable childhood mm -hmm. um except for the fact that my family is very unique i have a very uh eccentric family we're very uh, creative people okay um and so i i always felt very much at home um okay because my family's so eccentric that things that were strange about me sort of fit in with the strangeness of everyone else <laughs> blended kind of thing yeah but that's incredible isn't it and, and i guess you know that way you feel like you can be totally yourself and it fits which is lovely isn't it yeah amazing so new york i mean obviously new york has a, a you know a, a big queer scene there what was it like moving you know from the suburbs and then going to somewhere like new york you know i, I guess in your 20s you're then you're out you're kind of understanding more about who you are what is it like being immersed in that city a, around the queer culture where there's so much history and kind of living your life how, how does that feel for you well it's funny <clears throat> i didn't go to a gay bar or surround myself with any gay people until I um, was 23. So there was, I spent a good two years in New York mm -hmm. not being around the gay bars. And then, of course, I made that fatal mistake, put my foot in the gay bar, and then <laughs> never looked back. Never stepped out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it is, it is a mixed blessing. I don't, mm. I don't necessarily know that spending your entire life in gay bars is like the greatest thing you can do for yourself and so mm -hmm. i would remind everyone that if you want uh life in nightlife or you want to be part of it in some way to remember how important day life is as well yeah um, because that's why there's uh <laughs> that's why there's two sides to the coin on this planet uh, yeah. because we need them both <laughs> 
you know absolutely no do you know it's so funny because um so this year we moved to Brighton and so as I said I'm from quite a rural place and there's loads of drag here and loads of great you know queer bars and things like that so I really yeah. have immersed myself in that this year but I think I've been yeah. burning the candle at both ends for too long right I'm 38 now and um you know, I can't have a day job and I'm doing the podcast and lots of other stuff as well. Yeah. So, so I got to the point where I was a bit like, okay, I feel pretty exhausted. Like I haven't done this for years. What am I doing? And then last week we went to Gran Canaria and um, we had a, a lovely kind of some winter sun and it was beautiful. And normally that's the kind of place where you go and you party and you have lots of time out. And I literally right. did bedtime at 10 p.m. and no alcohol. Right. And yeah. I just needed to rest. And I, I think I'm at that point now where winter's on the way it's time to chill out now and not not burn yeah. the candle at both ends anymore so i completely get where you're coming yeah. from i think sometimes you can have too much of a good thing it's great yeah but actually you need yeah. to have the balance it's really important yeah. yeah you absolutely do yeah completely so your career we have loads to cover um obviously i've done my mm. research and i followed your career anyway um but you know so I've got, I have a list here, so we'll go through this um, for anyone that doesn't know. So, New York City drag queen, writer, foodie, comedian, podcast host of She's a Woman. Um, you launched your drag career back in 2011. Uh, That's my dog. Sorry? <laughs> my dog. My dog has interrupted the uh, the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I thought you said your your dog was called She's a Woman, and I got got it wrong. <laughs> no, no, my dog is called She's a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> if I get a dog, I'm calling her She's a Woman. You need to completely. <laughs> I think Pink had a didn't Pink the singer have a dog called Fucker or something. I just imagine That's like perfect. kind of howling out of your house, like fuck it, to call the dog to come in, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so yeah, so you launched your drag career in 2011, um, participating in marches for marriage equality in Times Square. Yeah. You then went on to complete RuPaul's, uh, compete in RuPaul's Drag Race season 10 and yeah. then All-Star season 5. Um, yeah. You tour with your one-woman shows, a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. lectures at universities, publications. Um, and then obviously recently you released your your stand-up show, um, Here I Stand, and um, oh, yeah. which is incredible. And you describe yourself as a, a woman's lifestyle brand and uh, a vocal yeah. uh, uh, vocal advocate for for women's rights. So, I mean, that as an extensive career in the last kind of ten years or so. How how does that feel to you? Kind of hearing all that back. Does it just become the norm and like day to day, or is it? Do you sometimes have a moment where you think, "Oh my goodness, how how have I done all that in the last kind of ten eleven years?" Oh, I, I think I could have done more. I always feel like I could have done more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sounds yeah. exhausting reading it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound exhausting, but I guess it just makes me excited to do the next thing. I don't mm. know if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great to a little bit of a, isn't it? Yeah, I'm on a little bit of a month break um, mm-hmm. because I kind of burnt myself out over the mm-hmm. past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just decided I need to get my bearings as a human being, mm-hmm. which I hate when people do that. I hate when artists do that, but I realized I actually had to do it. So I I, I did it. And then it's taking that break has actually gotten me excited to do um, more things. Yeah. Um, And I'm coming up with ideas for what the things are. That's incredible. And you do, you do, you need life to, it's like when everyone's, you know, musicians make an album and they say I had to go away and reflect to actually write and live, you know, yeah. I, think, I think Beyonce did that with four. She was like, I had to go away and live and then I could write the album. I, but but it's true. I think, I think you do need to have that time to reflect and think, well, who am I? And, you know, we change all the time as people, don't we? So why wouldn't yeah. our careers diversify in that way based on our experiences? It's right. It's just a natural evolution really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was actually thinking about that that album for. Well, yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Beyonce, but <laughs> I was like, if Beyonce could take a goddamn break, then I can take a break. <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah. It's not to be fair, it's not one of her strongest, I have to say. So I'm not sure <laughs> whether the break led to good work. Um, <laughs> I, def- 
I definitely think the albums that followed have been a lot better. Um, yeah. But it's, there's still, still some good uh, good tunes on there. But um, but I do I agree with you. I think you need, do need to have that reflection. So do you? Well, still- I, I'm hoping that Whose Holiday will be my strongest work coming out of uh, <laughs> coming out of this break, or maybe it will be my four. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to come and watch, so I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that'll be your code word for after. Like, yeah, let I just me know if it was my lemonade or my four. Yeah, just see with the audience going like this on my neck. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop it. Don't do this. Oh God. Oh, uh, but do you, do you feel though after having this kind of like time out and this reflection that you do feel kind of like you're growing as an artist and actually the ideas are becoming a bit more evident based on the fact that you've had a break? Yeah, like I have to I have to write this show for Provincetown mm-hmm. next year, um, and I started the break with no idea at all what i wanted to put in the show and now Mm. the show is beginning to take shape in my mind and amazing there are a lot of things like that um but most importantly i realized that i have to do exactly what i want Mm -hmm. as an entertainer Mm -hmm. because i'm going to get really rough criticism no matter what i do right Mm -hmm. yeah so i better be doing the things i want to do Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah completely because then i guess it's authenticity isn't it it's if you Mm. if you can stand behind your work even if you get bad criticism for it Mm. you know you believe in what you're doing whereas if you put something out that you don't really believe in well then you're not surprised by the result are you do you know what i mean it's I think you, you have exactly to that's it. exactly that's exactly mm. the thing and i and i feel like i sort of said yes to everything because i was so afraid of not working mm-hmm. um that i did a bunch of stuff that i didn't really believe in mm-hmm. um and of course the criticism hurts more when you you're like, well, I didn't even believe in it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> damn, I should have um, done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I, I want to do things that I love and I'm passionate about, and I have to do and feel that I stand behind, like you said. Yeah. So that way, when inevitably, and I, I, I don't think it's any secret that um, I'm one of those queens that people love or hate, mm-hmm. and uh, so every every move that I make, every breath that i take they'll be watching me they (laughs) really people really uh rain criticism down on me um Mm. and in order to in order to take that i really have to um love every moment of what i'm doing and if Mm. that means uh you know working a little less and Mm. tightening my belt a little more then i think that that's going to be a lot healthier yeah, definitely. And and again, it it's just, it's balance of life, isn't it? We get one shot, you know, you've got to be happy in what you're doing. And yes, you have to work, mm. and, you know, we have to yeah. earn money and have a living and that kind of stuff. But if you're doing something you really don't like, it takes the joy yeah. of your creativity away. And that's... And plus, the whole point of my doing drag was so that I didn't have to do anything I didn't want. I worked as a grant writer before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was so lucky to have that job and I was treated so well, but God, I, I hated um working in an office i i just mm. didn't like working in an office um because mm-hmm. i'm a creative person mm-hmm. and so the whole point of transferring to drag was to be able to do what i wanted to do all the time mm-hmm. and um so if i'm doing drag and not doing the things i want then i'm sort of defeating the purpose yeah yeah the whole point of starting drag in the first place if that yeah. makes sense and it's yeah it's a lot of effort to kind of not be enjoying something isn't it it's um, right, you, may yeah. well, you may as well be sitting in, a, in an office drinking coffee and yeah yeah completely. yeah and the, and the thing is like drag is so enjoyable mm. like if you're if you're not enjoying it you're really yeah. doing something wrong and 90 percent of the time i enjoy it so i should just stick with that stuff that i that i love you know what yeah, i mean the stuff that, I, that, that really makes me passionate and so yeah, yeah that's what i'm gonna do amazing and uh, obviously we it's you know what i want to mention because people will be wondering about this as well some of the people that listen to the podcast so drag race season 10 and obviously all-star season five Mm. um what was the experience of drag race like for you because i think people do watch drag race and it looks so glitzy and 
there's so much that goes into it and everyone looks you know the the queen's outfits are, are amazing all that kind of stuff and i think people watch these shows and they think oh my goodness i'd like to get into drag and it obviously is hard work but you know right. drag race is such a platform isn't it for and, and drag has come on so much in the last few years so what was that experience like for you as a queen and and how do you think that kind of elevated your career or or improved your career as such well season 10 was like such a great experience because it was my first time really being able to be around top queens from around the country Mm -hmm. and it was like this sort of like national conference of great drag Mm -hmm. um and we all learned so much from each other and i learned so much from the other queens and i was able to teach some of the things that i knew and share Mm -hmm. some of my skills and I mean, that's the best part of it. I think really the best part of it all happens off camera. But it... <laughs> the dog is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm putting on my putting on a dress and walking down the runway is great and everything. But the real beauty is actually the interaction that you have with your sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, there was something actually for because um i think it's season four of the uk drag race on at the moment and um they did a i didn't watch it last week but they did a like a uh kind of the people that work behind the scenes were involved in the show and it was almost like you know the, the oh the, yeah 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 the ones That's that are great. actually the heroes of the show that make things happen and help people tuck <laughs> when things are going wrong and all that kind of it's thing and so true it's so true i love I'm still in touch with the the handlers and the producers and stuff that worked on um, the shows that the seasons that I was on because they were so important to me. Yeah, it literally would not happen. And it's important to say that um, most of them are are women. So when yeah. people say uh, oh, women shouldn't be involved in drag, women aren't welcome. I'm like, well, from uh, women who are queens mm. to women who support queens either whether they're in the audience or um helping out backstage or on set or like women are so vital to the drag community from from the local bars to um the set of drag race to you know it, it just it's so important to to be grateful for the women in the drag community. Mm, yeah, I guess they're allies as well as supporters, aren't they? It's it's yeah, um, allies, supporters, queens themselves. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, it's important to remember. That's incredible. Do you, I mean, in terms of, I always think about this with like kind of big franchises and you know whether it be films or shows like Drag Race. It's it's really interesting because obviously they are great shows and they're great platforms, but you do get a tag, I guess, with that as well. So, you know, RuPaul Drag Race star, Miss Cracker, or, you know, uh-huh. Harry Potter star, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, he's, he will yeah, be yeah, right, ha- right, Harry right, Potter, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, do, do you see that as kind of like a, a blessing or is that is that something that do you think that Queen's not want to get away from it? Because I guess it's a great platform, but actually over mm. time, is it something that, you know, you want your career to stand on its on its own rather than the association with the show because I don't think the show association is a negative thing, but I guess right. your work extends beyond I think that, it's like, right? I think it's like you go through different stages with it when you um, are first out of Drag Race, you're so happy mm-hmm. for the visibility that it gives you and then you go through a kind of adolescent stage where you're like whatever dad i don't even need you i'm my own and then (laughs) and then after that um you're like you you accept you know you know i I am a star in my own right and i'm a rupaul's drag race girl um and so you just sort of welcome it as part of your journey and Mm -hmm. hope that other things come to you as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. There's definitely that phase where you're like, I could I could be a megastar with without RuPaul. I don't even need that. And then and then later you sort of realize like, well, sweetie, <laughs> you're probably maybe, tougher, but right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything has its place. But you know, I I think whether it's as I said, you know, the queens or whether it's Daniel Radcliffe or someone like, you know, an American Idol star, someone that's been, you know, won a show like that. I think everyone's yeah. dying to kind of have their independence and their kind of um their own their own thing, aren't they? And, you know, it, I think it's just an interesting thing. But um 
as you say, to then come back around and then see it from a different lens. I guess that just happens with with time, right? And acceptance of of kind of where you are. Right. But it's clear from the list we went through earlier, your career is, you know, surpassed, you know, just being on the, you know, drag race. You've done so much. So um, you know, it's just just incredible in itself, really. I mean You ta- you take the opportunity and you and you do what you can with it, you know? And um I like the the big example is always Vanji, like you know, she was given a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't waste it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, we all have to, um, all queens have to think that way. If you're given any kind of moment, take advantage of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Do you think it's definitely what you what you put in, in terms of your career um, today? To, you know, it's it's very much, you have the opportunity and you have to really just make stuff happen like if you're complacent and wait for it you will fall behind is that kind of what you're saying or do you think it's do you think it's kind of up to you okay well it's an interesting question because in theory i think that um you really have to put everything you have into drag otherwise why would you expect Mm. um to get anything out of it right However, I know a lot of queens that don't do shit <laughs> and get a lot of uh, work and attention and um, money and fame. And I know queens who work their asses off and seem to get the attention and uh, and love that they deserve. So uh-huh. I think just in case go err on the side of putting too much effort in. But if you put all of your heart drag and all of your work and you do the things that I think you should do. And I have been saying from the beginning, stay single, stay sober. Um, neither of which I do, by the way, um, <laughs> and stay focused, stay single, stay sober, stay focused. Um, put all of your effort, all of your heart and all of your time into drag. I think you should err on the side of that. But if you're doing that um, and you don't get any love, don't be surprised because that's drag. Drag is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess everything I think has of, its... Yeah. I think of like Nikki Doll because I look at her Instagram and all of the shows that she creates and the way she performs. And for such a long time, she was working harder than almost any other queen I knew Mm -hmm. and just not getting the recognition that she deserved. Now, finally she's um, getting some recognition and getting to host uh, drag race France. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so amazing, but I wonder, I wonder if she felt like me, if, if she felt like she was like not getting, cause I felt like she wasn't, I was like, everyone needs to, Give her the attention and love she deserves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, she worked so hard. Um, and, and and of course, she finally did. But I guess I'm just rambling on about how if you work hard and you don't get uh, any reward for it, that's totally a thing that happens too. <laughs> it's, it's normal. It's kind of like, there's, yeah. there's there's three three options here, isn't there? Work hard, get everything. Don't do anything, get everything. Or work really hard and get nothing. I guess it's it's kind of luck of the draw, isn't it? But um, Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I say that because I, I think that a lot of young queens get discouraged if for years they put everything they have into it. It's not you. You're not doing anything yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just the way things go sometimes. Absolutely. And I guess as we said earlier, if you believe in if you believe in the art, you believe in your passions and mm-hmm. you know you keep going, hopefully yeah. success will come. But it, you know, things take time and it's not just a clear road, is it, for everyone, I guess. It's uh yeah. you know, for different people. So in, in terms of obviously your your career overall, I mean, is it really important for you to be a representative of the queer community and to extend your art to the queer community? I mean, is that something that you really try and do with your projects? Do I try to engage with the queer community with my projects? Or just it, be a representative to ensure that, you know, they're visible, I guess. Is that something that you kind of in your mind when you think about planning planning work? Um, well, okay. I'm an, not an artist. Um, I'm an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And so I have a huge responsibility to make work that brings joy to my audience like mm-hmm. an artist 
for example, a painter can create anything they want. They have no responsibility Mm -hmm. for the viewer to understand what it is or to enjoy it or anything. That's true art. That's high art. I'm an entertainer. I am a birthday clown. I go out there and I'm like, (laughs) and uh, hope that everyone is along with me. Yeah. Um, And so is my work queer? Like, absolutely. Because I perform for queer people a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very much interested in being a voice for women um, of absolutely every all kind. Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's something that is a fire under my ass a little bit more, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, completely. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at Burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST. And I think it's because I was raised by women. All of my friends um, growing up that helped me come out and be myself for women. My assistant slash co-pilot in life, Caitlin, she's a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. uh, it's so important, I think. And especially in the in the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. for us to think about uh the respect that women deserve and the Absolutely. recognition that they deserve and that the rights that they deserve as human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. um and a lot of my a lot of my work is geared towards that mm-hmm. um but is my work uh inherently necessarily uh dyed in the wool queer yes absolutely mm-hmm. yeah of course and i, I think it's and i'm very glad to be queer yeah absolutely and i think it's very a really glad good point that you make in terms of it is about the end product, isn't it? It's about, you know, how you portray the art rather than creating the art. And actually, you can still do that for the queer community. But I guess you're, you're right. It's it's a different lens to artistry, isn't it? It's you, You're not responsible yeah. for the overall product, but actually it's more more about the, the delivery. I really liked what you said there around, and it's something I wanted to mention, um, we always discuss allyship in this, in this podcast. And I think allyship is yeah. incredibly important. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, you've just touched on, you know, being an ally to women and, you know, obviously I'm very keen to, to know more about that, but also in terms of 
allyship for the queer community, you know, how we can all be, sorry, I love your dog. I just saw them running across. It's huge as well. My goodness. <laughs> it's a massive like wolfhound thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we, this should be a video. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I, I think I'm wearing a cat outfit. I have a dog. I, like I, 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 I come to you in this podcast from just like my mother's just had hip replacement surgery. I, my life is in shambles. Um, so, <laughs> with it. so you know what, like, just go with it, like go with it. Don't. Yeah. But anyway, continue with what you were saying. Yeah. So, so allyship, you know, it's, it's really important. And I think that, you know, we, we all need to be allies to each other, um, into That's different, right. into different intersexualities within the community, yeah. within the community. And also, understand how we can educate people to be allies to our communities as well. So, you know, what right. I get a feeling that allyship is really important to you based on what we've just said, but you know, how right. can we all be better allies? How can we strengthen allyship within the community and outside of it as well? I think listening is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people are wondering what to do as an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, what can I do? What protest do I go to? What? Like, like, Yes. All of those things are important. But first, before you do anything, you have to listen to the community that you are attempting to be an ally to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, as as a Jew, I would say, if you don't have any Jewish friends, that's a problem um, mm-hmm. that you need to examine in your life, Like, because we're all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's... I don't think it would be. I wouldn't mind personally. I, I don't. I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. But I wouldn't mind personally um, if someone said, "Hey, I know there's a lot of anti-Semitism um, in America right now, and you're a, a close friend of mine who's Jewish. How can I be um, supportive yeah. of you or of the community? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. Um, and I'm. I'm not saying that's necessarily the right thing to do or what everyone should do, but I'm saying as a Jew, I would, I would love that. I would be like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, thank you for asking. This is how it feels. This is what I wish people would do. Um, and I don't know. So I think that's the number one thing, listening actively, asking people to tell you what they want, mm-hmm. um, communities to tell you what they want, mm-hmm. um, instead of getting overexcited and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe playing a savior role that you don't need to to play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it's communities having their own voices, and and I think you're right. What you just mentioned about people asking the questions, because I've said this so many times with different conversations on this podcast. If you're respectful yeah. and it comes with good intentions, mm. it's fine to ask questions. Actually, you, you, yeah. no one's expected to know every answer about every issue in the world like you know i can't speak for the trans community but i can be an ally to them and make sure their voices are heard and ask the right questions in a in a respectful way and it's it's the same as what you're just saying about you know being a jew i I think it's you know it's got to be respectful we've got to make sure that people ask the right things um and even if they get it wrong and they need to apologize if you know it's coming from good intentions and respectful it's kind of okay isn't it you know Um, yeah I think sometimes people are afraid they don't know what to ask or what to say. So they kind of step aside and, you know, ignore the issue. And I think that's, that's a sad thing really, isn't it? We've got to create spaces where people can be open and, you know, have um, yeah, open conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Well, thank you for that. I mean, obviously next month you are going to be in the UK um very exciting um you are starring in Who's Holiday um in no- from the end of November to the beginning of January in London and Manchester um so really excited about this i'm definitely going to come and see the show um can you tell us more about it and also about the character Cindy Lou and what people can expect and i'm expecting a a good detailed description based on your preparation you've been doing <laughs> well Who's Holiday is a spin-off slash parody of uh the story of the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one who stole Christmas. Uh-huh. But this time we're hearing the story not from the Grinch's perspective, but from the perspective of Cindy Lou Who, who was no more than two at the time of this fateful Christmas. And we kind of hear what she saw when the Grinch stole Christmas and how it affected her life. And okay. let me tell you, she's traumatized. She's a bit of a drinker and uh, she has a mouth on her 
and it's hilarious. <laughs> this is like an adults only show, isn't it? As well. I mean, bring your kids, but they're going to get an education. <laughs> Can you imagine if people turned up with their children to this? It'd be really great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember I was out on stage the other day uh, talking about my chlamydia. And um, this, like, couldn't have been more than six-year-old walked up and tipped me. And I was like, well, teaching the kids yeah. what they need to know, I guess. <laughs> it's real shit. We need to know these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think who's holidays the same way. Like you're you're <laughs> welcome to bring your kids, but wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of adult content in there. And they may they <laughs> may walk away with wide eyes. <laughs> so it's amazing. So you were saying that um before we start recording, you were saying that um you're starting to prep and kind of getting ready for this now. I mean, um when do rehearsals start and kind of uh you know, when we be coming over to the UK to to kind of to make a start on everything. Rehearsals start like ten minutes from now. Um, <laughs> and I've been working. I took this month off. I took all of October off, basically, um, to go through my spiritual journey. My <laughs> someone called it my eat ass pray love journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Amazing. instead of taking that month off. <laughs> um, I've been studying the script every single day, okay, all day. So I've already lived this show for a month, and then in about a week from now, I'm going to fly and rehearse. Um, it's all in rhyming couplets, um, okay, Susie and rhyme. So, uh, <laughs> there's no you can't like ad lib or anything you gotta do it you right. just have to you gotta yeah. do it right yeah and um i'm gonna lose my mind oh <laughs> uh, do you know what i'm sure you'll be fine have you do you feel like actually now it's been a month you're getting the scripts going in do you feel that like when you pick it up yeah you're yeah it okay. is yeah um i don't know if i'm i should disclose this but who, who cares i i'm like 22 pages memorized out of 30 Amazing. um and i went back in my diary um, cause I keep a daily diary mm. and I, I opened it up to a day where I was like, I can't get past page four. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I've come so far mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really can do semi impossible things if you just close your eyes and take everything a step at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's really yeah. exciting. I, I guess it's it's such a, a big show to prepare for. But um as you say, when you when you get to the point where you are taking everything mm. in and you feel like it's almost here, it must get pretty exciting. What are kind of what are pre-shows like for you? Are you, you know, do you get nervous or do you have like a ritual to kind of prepare or what what do you what do you kind of do before a show? Before a show, I have a prayer candle dedicated to Nikola Tesla, the inventor. And uh, my co-pilot, Caitlin, and I always light the candle and we go, may my comedy be as ingenious as your inventions. And <laughs> then I go out on stage. <laughs> and then hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. And then Amazing. hope for the best. Yeah. <clears throat> I, by the way, I do think your next stand-up should be um, Eat Ass, Pray Love. It, I mean, yeah, that's just... I, it's good. Yeah. It's got to be done. I have to remember he said that so I can not give them credit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know who made Eat this up. It was me. Right. Just well, um, this is the evidence. This is the podcast. You said on here first. So uh <laughs> that, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I this is the first that. time I've ever I've ever said that aloud. So I love that. So are you gonna be in the UK for Christmas? Are you kind of not going home at all over? I'm not Christmas going period? home even a little bit. And um I'm uh, my friend or an assistant and co-pilot, Caitlin, she has family in the UK. So she will be splitting off from me during that time to go spend time with family. I will be having Christmas with a pair of models who are twins. So I think I'm doing all right. I think I'll be okay for Christmas. Okay. (laughs) So male models? Yes. Amazing. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like we we've been 
in all honesty, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, I was like, I don't have anywhere to go for Christmas. Can I please go over to your place? <laughs> and they were like, feeding. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you come to Brighton, you've got time off over the um, over the holiday period. Come here and I'll take you out for a beer. There's loads of amazing yeah. places to go and, and have a drink. So yeah. um, come and come and see what we have to offer. Come ice skating. It's uh, it, it should be good fun. I kind of, I'm quite surprised, really, actually, because, again, where I came from, like, there just wasn't places open at Christmas, and like we've got pubs open with drag playing on Christmas Day and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit random, but um, you know, we'll, we'll go with it. I'm sure I'll probably mm-hmm. participate and um, go and view at some point. Should be cool. Right. Um, but no, the, the show sounds absolutely amazing. And um, I talked to Chris um, a couple of weeks ago, and he also recorded for the for the podcast from Tuck Shop, and um, we talked about it and his other shows as well. And um, it all sounds very very exciting. So I'm really hoping to to come and see it in December in London, and um, and bring my friend who is a big uh, Miss Cracker and Drag Race fan as well. Um, it's going to be a good time. The show's going to be a good time. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And I think it's just near Christmas time as well. It's just great to go and see something that kind of gets you in that mood, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's just something that's fun and, you know, joyful and a bit naughty. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Oh, it is a little <laughs> bit naughty. Just a girl who's domestic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Look, thank you so much. I do have a little quick fire round for you, if that's okay. Um, that's all right. Yeah. So, queer icon. Nicole Kidman. Oh, why Nicole Kidman? No one's ever said she's that. Not, she's not queer, but she's a queer icon. <laughs> is, she, is she a queer icon? <laughs> she is a queer icon. I mean, her inability to do, be anything but camp, like starting with Moulin Rouge, going to the AMC um, theater commercial that aired in the US and pretty much changed US culture last year. Okay. Um, she's, yeah queer icon okay. um uh, actual queer icon virginia wolf okay amazing queer anthem oh i will survive <laughs> classic everyone loves that that's a karaoke tune for me as well i love i will survive yeah i mean i love it because if you perform it everybody sings along and it's that that's what an anthem is right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. are there key songs in drag that you think should not be done anymore like they've been done to death because there's a, I've spoken to local queens, and they're like, no one touches that one anymore because it's just, it's too much. Oh no, I I love seeing an old classic done again and again and again. That's why I came to a drag show. If I didn't <laughs> like repetition, I wouldn't go to a drag show. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, Shirley Bassey, I am what I am here, and like takes their wig off at the end. Oh 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 yeah. You know what? Good good point. Touche. Sir, I, I could live. I could live without seeing that for a little while. <laughs> and also, apparently, the other curse song is um, "I Want to Dance with Somebody" by Whitney Houston. Like, oh really? Like, yeah. Don't. And also, like, that's quite a, that's quite a challenge, isn't it? Like, if you have a mm. kind of you know, if you've got a really good range, I guess that's a song maybe you could tackle it with the right key. But if not, it just you need to just like change the key down several, you know. Just not this. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough choice. I think that one. This is this is my only message to queens of all kinds. It's a it's a lesson that I've learned myself. There's no shame in lip syncing. Uh huh. You don't have to sing live. No. You don't. You don't listen to me. You don't have to sing live. No. You can do. <laughs> you can lip sync. A, a lot of the bars. A lot of the bars here are all live singing. There's there's very little lip syncing mm-hmm. actually locally. Um, I know. But yeah, do you sing live as as well or nor? <laughs> nope. <laughs> do you have a good voice? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you have many other talents, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm charming. <laughs> <laughs> a drag accessory you could not live without. Accessory that I could not live without. Oh. I'm I'm trying to figure out. I mean, the the heart of my drag is my I'm style wigs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I could not live without my I'm style wigs. Wigs. Um, you right. can just go on Instagram. This I think it's just I M S T Y L E. You can get a wig for like twenty five dollars and make it look like a thousand bucks. They're so they're such wow. great wigs and they're so cheap. Yeah, amazing. Is that what you're wearing all the time or? 
Not right now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wear it. Yeah, it's the it's the only wig pretty much you will ever see me in. Wow, um, your wigs are really to, expensive. They are, but they're they they are expensive looking, but they're twenty five dollars. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, that's a tip for every every aspiring queen out there. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You, <laughs> I, I don't I don't mean to plug for that too hard, but you can get them for like the, each wig can be like fifty bucks. Or you can get ten, and they reduce the price down to like twenty five dollars. Wow! Because um, you're buying it in bulk, so that's amazing. Just do it. There's yeah. going to be an increase in sales after this episode goes out. You know that. Oh, maybe. they deserve it. <laughs> and I thought it was an Instagram scam when I when I first started buying it. Like uh, I started buying it just before Drag Race season ten, and I was like, well, I'll just give up this money, and if it never comes, it never comes. I'll learn my lesson. But instead, mm. it became a staple of my life. Wow, that's amazing! Do you love those? I'm doing um, terrible at rapid fire. I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, it's lovely. Don't 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 be off. It's great. Um, I love it on Instagram stories where you get something saying, "Um, we think you'd be a great ambassador for our our um, sunglasses range or something." You can have ten free pairs, and then it's like you go onto it. And it's like you just have to pay seventy five dollars per pair or something. You know, it's always a scam right. or something. So now I just yeah. block block all of those. So the fact that you've had a yeah. um a real legit kind of situation yeah. which turned out to be great, life changing. That, Life changing. Yep. It's amazing. Love that. Yep. Um, food you could not live without. You're quite a foodie, aren't you? So, um, Brie on a cracker. Brie on, oh, Brie yeah. on a cracker. Lovely. That was my original drag name, Brianna Cracker. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love Brie. And again, it's getting to that time of year now, isn't it? With loads of cheese and, you know, chutneys and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Do you like, do you eat meat? Mm-hmm. Not, not personal question. <laughs> yeah, eat meat, pray love. <laughs> um, I love bacon and brie rolls with cranberry oh, sauce. Absolutely amazing. Bacon improves anything, and it's not kosher, but it it it's it's still a part of my life. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Um, three things you'd like to do in the UK when you're here in December. Go to Bristol. Okay. Um. I don't know why I love Bristol so much. Uh, do you like the accent? I do. Bristolian I'm, accent. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, three things. I, there's so many things. Um, I want to go to Old Compton Brasserie. Okay. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know the name of it that well because I'm there all the time when i'm in, in the uk um i want to see i want to see and then i want to see all of my uk girls oh, amazing. Um, including uh so many people but including victoria scone amazing and, uh yeah and just i mean i, I like uk queens so much better than i like us queens <laughs> so those are three things that i want to do but i have so much that i want to do i want to watch it across the tower bridge and again and um i don't know have a good time i i you don't know that i love i i almost i'm on the edge of moving to london like i love i love the uk wow that's amazing um the i I know what you mean though because you go to places that maybe you've been before but actually like cities like london when you go and you actually have like a day and you do the tourist stuff it's really incredible um mm-hmm. last a couple of years ago i went on a um river cruise on the thames which was really beautiful so you can see all like the kind mm-hmm. of the landmarks oh from, i've done that yeah believe me yeah <laughs> believe you me there's so much but if you want to do one thing this year which is really cool i'm not sure if we've done this before every year somerset house has an ice skating rink um in the grounds and an ice wall and it is just beautiful even if you don't skate just to go there for a drink it's just stunning yeah. Somerset House is gorgeous anyway. Um, but I have I'm... a I have a little peek into your soul. Things that you love, skating and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, not, I've not been skating for years. I'm so excited. But when I first met my yeah. other half, I took him for one of our first birthdays, or his birthdays we spent together, um, to yeah. Somerset House ice skating. And I was kind of like, because I used to have inline skates, so I was quite confident. I was like going around and everything. Yeah. And he was like holding on to the edge, kind of like, you know, going. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah. Um, but we've not been back since, and I would absolutely love to do it again. Um, so if you if you're looking for something to do on a day off, that it, honestly it is beautiful. It's such a nice thing to do. It really oh is. God. You should get you should go and drag and uh, <laughs> kind of that would give people absolutely. A, that'd be amazing. I'm going to do everything that I do in London and drag. I drag. love going around in London and drag. It's <laughs> you'll so be fabulous. Yeah. You'll be absolutely hounded. Oh. 
I am. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. If you look at my Instagram listeners, like you'll see so much content of me walking around London and drag. Um, just love it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, last day on earth. How are you spending it? You know, um, <laughs> I spent it with my family, uh, eating nice and Caitlin would have to come because, uh, she makes sure that I'm calm when I'm freaking out okay. and her family sucks anyway. She doesn't need, she doesn't need to spend time with her family. Um, her family is not as great as my family is. Why would she, <laughs> she should definitely choose to spend her last day on earth around my family <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. What, what food what food are you having um i'm having malayan chicken which is a dish that my mom makes mm. um, all the time it's really delicious um and i think i'm drinking ipas i'm drinking beer because i don't have to worry about the calories on the last day of yeah of the world. go with it yeah yeah, yeah yeah that sounds really yeah. good loads of great ipas mm -hmm. in in the uk as well yeah i know way more than there are in new york in new york there's like it's like a beer desert there's no good beers oh uh, yeah. really that's a shame mm -hmm. that's a shame um your goals for 2023 finally uh get a flat in london oh yeah um any particular area you want to live south london okay um and uh i'd love to live near the shard i don't know why mm -hmm. um uh go to japan italy and senegal mm -hmm. um and most importantly do only the things that i want to do yeah enjoy life yeah enjoy Absolutely. my life that's really life is short it could be the it could be the last day on earth at any yeah. moment so we you gotta, gotta enjoy it we gotta enjoy it absolutely yeah. have you been to italy before I've never been to Italy before. Go to Venice. Seriously. I really want to go. I want to go so bad. I, my friend Matteo Lane was like, um, "Do you want to go to Italy?" And I was like, "With you, absolutely. You speak Italian. This would be great." Yeah. Um. So sometime when he goes, I'll tag along. Yeah. It, it Venice is. I mean, we've been to Rome, but Venice is just. Oh God, mm. it's just beautiful. It's like being around all the water, and yeah, I don't know. It's like being on a movie set. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's so so I have amazing. To go. You'll love it. You really You're will. making me excited. I'm going to leave right now and do yeah, it. Go, yeah, <laughs> pack your case and go. Get on the plane. <laughs> Here I go. Yeah. COVID's done. You can go. <laughs> yeah, COVID's done. You can go everywhere. Yeah. Oh, thank you so, so much for talking with me today. It's been amazing. It's been so lovely to chat with you. And um, as I said, we're going to come and see the show. And it'd be really great if we could um, we could catch up and I could say hello to you when you're there. Um, yeah. So I can meet you face to face. But thank you just for your time and for, for chatting with me. It's been amazing. Well, everybody that's listening, check out my Instagram, M-I-Z underscore cracker for updates on who's holiday. Um, and I'll put up a couple of images of my dog so that you could see how great he is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to put some some posts for this, uh, this episode as well. So I'll make sure I'll copy you into those as well. Okay, perfect. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Look after yourself. Take care. <laughs> Wow, that was amazing. I've had so many highlights making this podcast where I'm talking to people that a year ago I had no idea that it would even be possible and this was another example of that. Ms. Cracker was amazing. Her dog was beautiful and I really enjoyed our conversation. I cannot wait to see who's holiday in London. You can follow Ms. Cracker on Instagram and also get your tickets right now and also check out Tuck Shop on Instagram too with full details of all of their shows. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you to Ms. Cracker once again for joining the podcast. Until next time. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Actually. You can also check out my website, flueyactually.com.
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.